Welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, website design and branding, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, custom CRM design and implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. It seems like the list keeps getting longer and longer. Today's host is myself, Dave Wilkins, and I'm with the uh, I'm one of the partners in Sterling Rose Consulting. And today's guest is Michael Horowitz. Now, Michael is the Georgia manager of the CBA Group, and he is involved in the business broker business, and yes, and uh, he's got. Uh, Quite quite an amount of experience in terms of small business himself. His business experience includes senior management roles with Fortune 500 companies and leadership positions with venture capital-backed high-tech startups. He also had his own business, owning and operating an independent bicycle shop uh, in uh, in Alpharetta, suburb of of Atlanta, where he's lived and worked for the past 22 years. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, David. Appreciate being here. Great. Now, let's get started with the the obvious question that I'm sure a lot of people think about. What is a business broker? Oh, well, we are intermediaries. We help people buy and sell businesses. And, you know, a lot of people work their life long and build a business. And they come to a point where it's like, well, maybe it's time to retire. Maybe it's time to sell my business. Now, what do I do? Well, we're there to help. No, okay. Now I'm I'm ready. You know, and it's interestingly enough, I do have clients every once in a while that are in that position. You know, mm-hmm. that they're looking either to buy business uh, that they've they've got an interest in, or are looking to to, to sell. Yes. Now, as a is is a is a business person out there who is in that position, what is it that I, I, I'm going to go through. How do I even know what to do and, and how to even, how to even approach it? Yes. Um, you know, you can, just like people sell their homes by sale for owner, mm-hmm. uh, for sale by owner, um, you can sell your own business if you have the experience and the uh, know-how. Uh, it certainly can be done. Uh, one of the things that's interesting to note in, in the, the small business space is the reality is, is very few small business owners have thought through an exit strategy. have actually thought about how am I going to get from I own this business to I now have a check in my pocket and I'm retired. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of steps in between that need to be taken. We can help with those steps in between. Okay. Uh, for example, for example, uh, one of the things that's most important to the sale of a business is figuring out what that business is worth. What's the value of the business? That is one of the exercises that we go through. It may not surprise you to learn that most business owners have a rather inflated sense of what their businesses are worth. I mean, they've built it, they've owned it, they've nurtured it, uh, and, and uh, you want it to be worth something. They've heard in casual conversations with other business owners, oh, hey, I just got 10 times, um, you know, a, rev- a revenue and uh, look at me. 
the reality is, is um, the value of the business is very much based on past financial performance, especially when you're looking to sell the business. And so one of the most important things that we can do early on is to really establish a reality check with the actual value of the business. And when I say value, I mean, what can the business, what can you ask for in today's market Mm -hmm. from a rational buyer who's also armed with the same numbers? Eventually, you're going to have to turn your finances over to him. He's going to look at them with a very critical eye and whoever's representing that potential buyer. Uh, And then you have to have a conversation. If it's a a way out of whack price, that business isn't going to sell. Yeah. Now, that interesting enough, that goes back to one of some of our earlier shows uh, this year where we talked about the importance of financial statements and having good set of financial records and how to read them so that as a potential seller of a business, you you understand where you need to be in order to best position the business. The, you know, people ask me, what's the one thing I need to have in order to sell my business? And the answer to that question is clean books. Yes. Uh, that's, you know, if, if you've been working out of shoeboxes and um, your accountant files your taxes, but you really haven't formalized a means of capturing what your business has done over the past several years, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because in order to make that business marketable, you have to have a clean set of financials in order to present them to the potential buyers. Now, what makes, the obvious answer is, is, the, is the financials and, and a good, good performance. But when you get into the different types of businesses, now, if you're looking at a intellectual capital type business, more like a services business yes. versus a product business, yes. uh, how do you... Uh, yeah, how do you, how do you market those? Um, so, a product business, mm-hmm. one that has, and let's just say, manufacturing, um, and they've been making a product or products for a series of years. So, have you have year over year financials, and you can take a look at them and figure out what that business is going to look like to a, a potential buyer. Services are a little more tricky especially when um, it's a sole proprietor or even, let's take, for example, an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. The advertising agency, its clients are really clients of the head of the agency and some of the other um, principals. It's a very different book of business. And it's much more difficult to put a value on a book of business like that than it is for the steady year-over-year income stream. Mm-hmm. So, the more that a, a small business, and we're talking about small businesses now, has a demonstrable year-over-year stream of income, the easier it is to position to market. Okay. Okay. So when you're, if, when you're in a, a services business per se, having a, a, a repeatable process, if you will, that is something that one, somebody who is familiar with that can either pick up or, or the, there is staff that's already employed at the, at, in that business yes. that can do that. That probably makes a lot of difference. Very much so. And often, um, so here's a, a, a rather um, disturbing statistic, but it is what it is. In the small and medium markets of the businesses that actually get listed for sale, mm-hmm. 80% of them don't sell. Really? 
only 20%, only one out of every five businesses that's listed actually ends up in a transaction. So the reasons for that are multiple. One of them is we talked a little bit about the asking price being unrealistic and you just can't come to terms. Mm -hmm. Another is along the lines of your question where it becomes apparent that the business is the owner and the owner is the business. Yeah. And so after clean books, the next thing that you can do to make your business more attractive is to have those processes not only in place, but documented. Doesn't yes. have to be formal, but <laughs> oh, documented. Yeah, for sure. And that you've built over time some succession, mm -hmm. whether it's a manager that you've got on board or whoever, that you've kind of transferred your knowledge of the business into his or her hands. Uh, that that's kind of strategic number two on the uh, the uh, the list of things that you need to do to get your business sellable. Okay, okay. Now it's interesting you know, as you, as you were going through that, I was I came back to a, a mind. I have a uh, an uncle uh, who just recently died. He's in the like well up in his nineties, but uh, he had a, a steel service business mm -hmm. and. Over the years, it was a very successful business, but he had decided uh, just you know transferred the ownership to his son, and they ultimately decided that they just didn't really want to compete with the with the uh, the competition that was out there at this point, and so they looked to to sell. And but they as like I said they had a good set of numbers, good processes in place, and all that. We were actually quite successful. What they did was they actually targeted. A, a, uh, a competitor kind of wooed them and even repainted their whole building in the colors of that, of that, uh, of that potential buyer. Um, and ultimately they did buy it. Nice. You know, so, so yeah, there's obviously a lot of things that you can do to, to basically position a business for sale, just like you do with a home that you would, you know, clean it up and make it, you know, curb appeal and all the, all the nice real, realtor, uh, uh, terms that get used for that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is um, and uh, you know making the business attractive on the face of it, and then being able to support. Um, you know, one of the things that a buyer is looking at is. So let's talk about. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what the typical seller looks like what, in a small yeah. business environment. Um, often it's a it's an individual who has had that business for quite some time and is looking to move on, either for retirement mm -hmm. or they're looking for their next uh, venture. And they're looking to sell the business and use the funds of that to fund a new venture. The buyers also look, um, they're, they're different types of buyers. On the one hand, there's uh, the guys I like to call, the folks I like to call the corporate refugees. They've had their corporate run. They're in their 40s, 50s. They've um, accumulated savings. Um, but the corporate life is done for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And now they're looking for something, one, to do that's fulfilling, and two, that's going to give them an income stream. And what that kind of buyer wants to know is, how much do I have to pay for that income stream? I'm looking for a business that can earn me $100,000 a year. Now, what do I need to pay for that business? Right. And, um, you know, another type of buyer is you'd mentioned they, uh, your, your, story was about somebody who sold to a competitor. Right. Um, so another type of buyer are the strategic buyers who are looking to buy a book of business 
um, for a couple of different reasons. One, they've grown their businesses organically as they feel they can. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the marketing dollars that they're spending to get incremental business isn't making sense. Maybe it makes more strategic sense to go buy a book of business and gain efficiencies that way. Or they're looking to buy a book of business for a different type of customer set or to get a management that they don't currently have or some core competencies that they don't have. So, some buyers are more strategic buyers where they're looking for a book of business to complement or um, augment what it is they've already got going on. Um, those are the types of, I'm, I'm I, you know, thinking out loud to your uh, steel services business, what if that hadn't worked? Yeah. What's plan B? <laughs> exactly. Right. <clears throat> so plan B is um, you get a business broker who goes ahead <clears throat> and markets the business to a wider addressable market. What would I do? I would look at additional competitors, absolutely, um, or uh, other types of businesses who may look for um, a business like theirs to vertically or horizontally integrate um, to add to their book of business. What we also do when we list a business is, then there are about a dozen websites out there where you can list your business. You can do it yourself. We can do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where people are actively looking for various types of businesses with a certain kind of cash flow that they can realize um, some of their income, um, income needs. There's the marketing of the business that we also do um, that's more difficult for, I mean, one of the things that a business owner has to do is stay focused on the business. If you're focused on selling the business, things can start to happen that you're not paying attention to. Right. And then suddenly a potential buyer asks for the latest quarterly financials and they don't look as good as the previous financial quarter uh, uh, numbers. So, um, you know, the thing we also can do on behalf of a business owner is we stay focused on the transaction. We help with the negotiations. We help with the due diligence. Um, we help with the contracts and we bring in subject matter experts like business uh, transaction attorneys, like strategic CPAs, uh, financial people, if there needs to be some restructuring done. Um, we can bring those experts in, uh, experts like yourself who you know can help with the books, who can help with the finances, um, who can also help find ways to build value in the company. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to tell a business owner the truth. Um, and one of the truths often is your business isn't ready to sell. You need to potentially bring in outside neutral third-party counsel to take a look at the business and figure out how to get it from where you are today to a point 12 or 18 months from now where it's a much more attractive proposition. And that's where subject matter experts and trusted advisors such as yourself come in. That's not what we do. We can point out that that needs to get Mm -hmm. done, but it's not what we do. So it's a classic case of you got to spend some money to make some money. Yes. Yes. And you, and you know, uh, the other, one of the things we haven't talked about and we can talk a little bit about is the emotional component of this all. Um, especially, um, you know, where, these aren't executives who do their executive things. Mm-hmm. These are business owners, and this is this is their life, their right? Livelihood. The blood, sweat, and tears. Absolutely, and their you know their emotional component is high. 
um, I don't want to hear somebody else tell me what it is I ought to do. I've been doing this successfully for 20 years now. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, so, you know, one of the softer factors of getting ready to sell the business is getting yourself emotionally ready. And part of that is willingness and openness to hear from third-party outsiders um, who are going to look at your, um, your, your, your beauty marks, but they're going to look at your warts too. And um, those are the things that you need to know if you're going to walk away with a successful transaction. You know, there, there's a couple of things that you you mentioned. I like to I like to kind of uh, funnel back to, and then sure. and then and then maybe and pro- progress with that uh, with, with, with with where you were. This whole issue of one in five is being the success rate of selling, which isn't a whole lot different than the success rate of starting a business in in the first five years. You know, you know, if you get to that point, then you get to five years, you know, you've made a major accomplishment and you get even further down the road. Now it's time to sell. Now you come back to that same hurdle again. Yes. How do you, how as a business broker help manage those odds? Get that, get that up there a bit better. Yeah. Um, I think what the most important thing that we can do is tell you the truth. I'm not going to blow smoke at you just to get your listing to try to sell your business. It doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do the marketplace any good. Um, and, you know, as I said, most business owners, it's, it's kind of the last thing on their mind. What's my exit strategy? Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest reasons that a business doesn't sell is because the owner hadn't thought about it. Um, or he thought about it when, oh man, the business is distressed. Now what do I do? Right. Um, so if I had any advice to business owners, it's put some thought into it. What's it going to look like? Find out realistically from an outside third-party person what your business may be worth. Um, just so you have a reasonable set of expectations. And so it's setting those expectations mm-hmm. as an intermediary that I think is the most important thing to do. And then to offer the advice to look for other trusted advisors who can get you from where you are today, where your business is today, to where you want to be, what you want to walk away with. Right. And it goes back to one of the things I preach all the time, which, which is, you know, you need to be working on your business, not in your business. And so if you're focused on trying to sell and not focused on trying to grow the business and make it look as attractive as possible, then you're, you're defeating your, your end game there. Yes. And, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of small business owners. And I was the same way when I owned my bicycle shop. Our strategic advisors, my strategic advisors, for the most part, were friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my CPA would turn over some numbers for me and I would look at, um, you know, some of the margins that I knew I needed to be hitting. But for the most part, I wasn't ever seeking outside counsel. I, I did once or twice. But the reality is, is most small business owners um, haven't had the more uh, sophisticated, if you will, trusted advisors like yourself, um, look at their business and give them the kind of feedback that they're not going to get from friends and family. Yeah. Uh, and I think that also plays a, a major role. The other, and, you know, kind of another back to the emotional factor, 
this plays a large role. Many business people, they haven't done the exit strategy planning because they don't want to think about it because they can't imagine life on the other side. What does it look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm working with a couple now, for example, um, he's a, a vibrant guy. He's 70 years old. He's fit. He's active. Um, he enjoys running his business. Um, but he knows at some point he has to do something. He, right. has, he has a wife that he can't just leave, um, you know, potentially if something happens to him. Um, but he's stuck because he can't see what life would look like on the other side of that. Even the notion of staying with the business for a period of time, six to 12 months, um, it's a very difficult thought to process. And um, I'm not going to push the gentleman. He's got to do it when time is right for him. Yeah. Um, but those are some of the factors that, uh, that come into play. Um, and I think that respecting and being aware of some of those emotional considerations mm -hmm. is also an important part of the process. Okay. Now, on the buyer side, particularly the, uh, the, the, uh, the individual who's looking to move, you know, and move into a, a business out of the corporate world and all that. Is there any statistics that says, okay, of those businesses that, that they buy, how many of those remain viable and are successful over a period of time? Good challenging question that I do not have an answer to, <laughs> but I'm about to write that one down. Um, my suspicion is that it's no different than any other business cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, subject to the whims of macro and, and micro changes. Um, you know, and, and the, the guy who's looking, who's looking, for example, to, to buy a business because he wants to own and operate it. And, and that's another caveat. The buyer needs to be painfully well aware that if he's not an ever present owner operator in that business, uh -huh. it likely won't succeed. Yeah. Especially on this, the smaller yeah. business yeah. side. You, you can't be a passive investor. As no. Yeah, I mean, there are some absentee businesses and mm -hmm. I have helped some people look at those. Um, some more absentee than others. But at the end of the day, most businesses, the number one success or failure criterion is going to be how present has the new owner been as the owner operator. Okay. So just um, because it has been successful in the past is no guarantee of future performance. That is <laughs> just like the prospectuses say. Exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's also, um, there's a, there's a build by decision. Do I want to open a business? Mm -hmm. Do I want to buy an existing business? And there's also the franchise model. Yeah. And one of the things we also deal with is the resale of franchises. Okay. So that's, uh, that's also an opportunity. And they all have their inherent risks and upsides. Um, so as a, as a buyer, that's one of the things that will also help you look at is what are the risk rewards of the various scenarios built by um, buy into. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, what are the success factors? And often they come down to um, your, how much work do you want to put into the thing? Yeah. We talked a little bit about the, the process of valuing yes. business. How, how do you go about that? And I know that that's, there's, there's a number of different valuation models yes. that are used, whether it's income or revenue or just book value, for example. Yes. Uh, how do you, how, what, what's, is there, is there one particular one that you focus on? There is, um, especially in the um, lower and the small market, mm -hmm. small business market and, and small medium. Um, I'd mentioned that buyers 
the typical buyer, if he's not a strategic buyer, is looking for an income stream. So it comes down to what is the cash flow of the business? Yeah. Okay. What has the business been generating over time for the owner? So what we take a look at is we'll look at the financial, um, the profit and loss and look mm-hmm. at net income. Mm-hmm. What's the net income of the business? And then we take a look at other factors um, such as the owner's salary. Uh, is the owner uh, the car that he's using? Is it funded by the business? Right. Health insurance, uh, other insurance. Um, if he's taking some of prof- professional services and using them for his own personal uses, his cell phone. We look at all of those things that the owner's been taking out of the business over time and we add them back. We add them back to that net income level. Um, what we end up with is, and we'll do it over a period of three years, mm-hmm. we'll end up and take a critical look at uh, what numbers make sense. But at the end of the day, we've got a number of that we call the seller's discretionary earnings, SDE. Okay. And so that's the number that we look at. Different businesses have different multipliers on that seller's discretionary. Yeah, based on the, what, what industry? They're based in. on the industry. So for example, in manufacturing, that multiplier, multiplier may be five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, in wholesale distribution, construction, it may be two to three to four. Um, in some service business, it may be two. Yeah. It may be less than two. Where we get that multiplier from is comparables. Back to the real estate model. Mm-hmm. Uh, a real estate broker is going to suggest a listing price based on market comps. I'm going to suggest an asking price, a listing price for your business based on what other businesses like yours have sold for in the country, in the region um, recently. And you know, we have databases that we can access and uh, weightings that we can put against some of your numbers and uh, come up with a multiplier. Uh, of your seller discretionary earnings. Um, as, if, as businesses get bigger, we'll use EBITDA, which is the earnings before interest taxes, um, mm-hmm. that um, often a middle market business will be used as a valuation. It's a multiplier of EBITDA. Um, and that's what we'll share and put in front of the business owner and say, here's what we think you can ask for your business. A buyer is armed with the very same numbers. Right. Right. So, um, and he, you know. The, and if not, he's not even going to be interested. That's correct. That's correct. And, you know, the, there's the sophistication of the buyer to look at as well. Exactly. Um, and there's the expectation of the buyer, right? Um, buyers want to get as, as much as they can for as little as they possibly can. Exactly. And so that's also part of the, um, the value add that we bring is to set, and normalize those numbers mm-hmm. and see if we can't come to a working arrangement. Because at the end of the day, the value of the business is what you can get for it. Exactly. You know, yep. Whether it's 2, 2.3, that doesn't matter. What matters is, is what's someone willing to pay and what are the terms you're willing to take in order to um, realize the sale of your business. Right, right. Yeah. And if I may, I'll talk briefly, if it's okay, a little bit about the terms of the business. I was, yeah, you, you brought that up and I was just going to go that, that okay. direction anyhow. Sure. So perfect. Absolutely. One of the expectations that we like to set as a broker um, with a seller mm-hmm. is that it's, it's more likely than not that you are not going to walk away with a single check in your pocket. If your expectation is to sell the business for cash, walk away that day from the transaction table 
it's probably an unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons. One, the buyer may not have the cash. Right. And so the buyer is going to look to the seller to take on a portion of the transaction. The buyer is still going to come with his earnest escrow down payment money. Right. Um, He's likely to go look for financing in the smaller market. He's going to look probably to the SBA. Mm -hmm. And that's something else that we can introduce the parties to is we have relationships with lenders. Right. Um, So there'll be that component of it. But one of the things that's more often than not happens in a transaction is that a seller holds part of that note, if you will, and sticks around the business. Skin in the game. Skin in the game. You're sending, uh, the seller is sending a signal to the buyer that one, I think this business has legs. Mm -hmm. I think it will survive me and I think it will thrive given, you know, generally a guy, especially if he's selling toward the end of his life cycle, um, hasn't put so much energy into it, right? And there's all sorts of potential that a younger, more energetic um, buyer is going to come along and put into the business. But the seller sending a signal, I think this business has legs and I'm willing to stick around and help with that. And so more often than not, the agreements that end up getting negotiated has the seller sticking around for a period of time, acting as an advisor, acting perhaps even as a business development uh, or another executive capacity and realizing a, um, a buyout or some kind of end of period mm-hmm. uh, transaction. If things happen well, generally, when the seller has hung on to a part of the business, he's going to walk away with more money than if he sold it for cash. So if it's a, let's say it's a million dollar um, listing, um, you could expect 800,000 if it's a cash only deal. Yeah. Um, okay. A million or more if there are terms associated with it. So we very much encourage both parties to take a look at what those terms might look like. Wow. There's, there's a lot, you know, and we were actually, uh, have <laughs> reached our, our, uh, our target at the time. And there's a lot that I have questions that we didn't get to. So, um, hopefully we can get you come back sometime well, in thank the near you. future. I'd to, be thrilled to, to do it. Uh, Michael, I'm sure there's people out there who are interested and would like to know how to reach you. What, what's the best way to contact you? Thank you. Best way is to go to our website and we are at www.thecbagroup.com. And that's Charlie Boy Alpha. Charlie Boy Alpha, uh, thecbagroup.com. Thank okay. you. Great. And the phone number? 678-427-1163. Super. Well, Michael, it's been a real pleasure having you on. I've enjoyed this show. And I think our, hopefully our listening audience learned a lot more about the business brokerage business than they ever knew and gives them food for thought in terms of preparing that exit strategy. Thank you. Great. Again, this has been Strategic Insights Radio on Business Radio X. To find out more about uh, Michael Horowitz and CBA Group or Sterling Rose Consulting, contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp at 678-996-1312 or visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com.